So cold. It's uh, whoa! Look at that. That was cool. How'd that happen? Blizzard, blizzard conditions in Southern California right now. Last time Los Angeles had to deal with this much snow. Oliver North was trying to fund the Contras. <laughs> Oliver North was trying to fund the Contras. <laughs> because back in the 80s, they used to call it snow. And back in 2017, when Donald Trump first took office, he made a big show of how he was going to cut all the red tape that was choking big business. He gathered Elaine Chao, his secretary of transportation, as well as other cabinet officials. He gathered them around stacks of white paper denoting government regulation. Then he whipped out a pair of symbolic scissors to cut all the red tape, because he, like all Republicans, is about eliminating government regulation, all in the name of profit. This is how the richest 1% defund the police. And by police, I mean the federal agencies that, when properly funded, keep the rich and the powerful in line and lock them up. But Republicans want lower taxes for the very wealthy. And then when the government has no money, they defund the police. And by police, I mean the government agencies that demand corporations and the rich obey the law. They defund the EPA, they defund the Department of Transportation so that railroads never have to worry about preventing, preventing chemical spills. And then when there is a chemical spill, the railroad companies never have to worry about getting blamed. Headline, December 7th, 2017, Donald Trump's first year in office. Headline, Trump administration rolls back rule requiring new oil train brakes. Brakes? Who needs brakes? We are beginning to learn that the big chemical spill in East Palestine, Ohio, was caused by faulty brakes. Okay, that is what we've learned. We are beginning to learn that when Donald Trump, this human Zeppelin, promised to eliminate government bloat, when he took office, he reversed President Obama's order requiring all trains that carry oil to install brand new electronically controlled pneumonic brakes by 2021. They had until 2021 to install brand new pneumonic brakes, but lobbyists for both the railroad and oil industries, well, they had a new friend in the White House in 2017. His name was Donald Trump. And so Trump reversed Obama's regulation, which would have prevented the chemical spill in East Palestine. So this is Donald Trump's fault. He waddled into East Palestine this week to blame the federal government, to blame Joe Biden's EPA. You'll notice he doesn't blame 
Ohio Governor DeWine's response because DeWine is a Republican. That was bad. No, uh, he blames the federal government. And then, and then, as if the people of East Palestine don't already, Steen, I'm sorry, Palestine, as if the people of East Palestine didn't already have their fill of toxic chemicals, Trump decides to take some of his fans to McDonald's, which we know, like the chemical spill, isn't safe to drink or eat. This is a fact. McDonald's is one of the leading causes of cardiovascular disease, obesity, diabetes, and cancer. Forget what they pay their employees or the, or the rainforests that are stripped to raise cattle, the rainforests that are stripped to grow the soybeans to feed the cattle. Forget that it takes 660 gallons of water to make one quarter pounder. Google that. It takes 660 gallons of water to make one quarter pounder. Forget all that. Just know this, America. Eating at McDonald's is no different than pouring Drano down your throat. Well, it's a little different. Drano tastes better. The toxic sludge served at McDonald's should be regulated like cigarettes and certainly not marketed to children. If we regulated fast food, it would save us billions in healthcare costs and lost productivity. McDonald's is a colossal drain on our budget and economy. But if you're a Republican, it's all about freedom of choice, right? Poor people living in food deserts where there are no supermarkets. Poor people should have the freedom to choose between McDonald's or Jack in the Box. Right? Poor people should be able to choose who gives them heart disease, cancer, and diabetes. Right? It's freedom of choice in poor neighborhoods when it comes to fast foods. But good luck getting a new McDonald's past the Beverly Hills or Greenwich, Connecticut Zoning Commission. Then, see, when they want to build a McDonald's in Greenwich or Beverly Hills, then it's all about rich people choosing to protect their idiot kids from that toxic lather of dead cows covered in grease they call a Big Mac. Kimberly Gargoyle is Donald Jr. Trump's or Donald Tr Jr. Trump Donald's Don Jr.'s fiance. Kimberly Gargoyle is Don Jr.'s fiance. And he's going to marry her because according to what I've read, Donald Trump Sr. told Don Jr. he could have her. He, gave, he said, you can have her, quote, because I, your father, can do a lot better. Isn't that nice? Here is Kimberly Gargoyle acting as though we should be surprised that Donald Trump, Donald Trump, her morbidly obese, soon to be dullard in law, eats at McDonald's, right? He took everybody in East Palestine to eat at McDonald's. Here is Kimberly Gargoyle saying we shouldn't be surprised that Donald eats at McDonald's actually really does eat McDonald's. He loves McDonald's. He loves oh, Pizza Hut. So at McDonald's, Pizza his go-tos, he'll get a bunch of things. And then right. we like he likes everyone to try them all. 
He mm. likes the fish sandwich, the chicken sandwich. Great. He likes the Big Mac. Um, mm. So what can I tell you? He, he loves it all. The quarter pounder. So we mm. have all that array. And then, of course, the fries. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we when we travel on the road, wherever we go, we actually then have the McDonald's and we're all eating on the plane. It's hysterical. So it's, it's hysterical. him, it's the whole team. Um, it's some of his biggest donors. And it's just, it's fun because he's really authentic. You yeah, know, he's it's... one of the guys. Like, he loves McDonald's, okay? I got to vote for him because he's authentic. He's like me. I smell like onions, rotten carrion, and grease. I got to vote for him. He's authentic. Do you have any idea how rancid the Trumps smell eating this garbage? Who is kissing Donald Trump or Melania or Gargoyle or, or, or Eric or Donald? Who is kissing Donald Trump Jr.? If his breath stunk any worse, Fox News would ask it to guest host the five. You know, I have a neighbor, very sweet woman, and she's much younger than I am. And for some reason, she orders from McDonald's once a week. And it's like living with a smoker. She brings the bag of McDonald's up in the elevator and then walks to her apartment. And I can smell the McDonald's before her elevator even reaches the floor. Right. And then for a week, because she had to go to McDonald's and bring it back to the apartment, the elevator, the hallway, I smell like McDonald's all week. I call it secondhand pre-flatulence. That's what you smell. When somebody goes into an elevator with McDonald's and then you get in, it's secondhand pre-flatulence. It's a trailer. It's a coming attraction for things that will soon be released out of this woman's and her husband's pores and other muddied openings on their disgusting bodies. But Trump's authentic because he eats at McDonald's. How can you not vote for him? He's comfortable in his own skin, all three tons of it. He eats, Donald Trump eats at McDonald's because, well, it has the word Donald in it, McDonald. So of course he's going to eat there. And his penis is shaped like a McNugget. Donald Trump's penis is shaped like a McNugget. That's how Stormy Daniels described it. Not quite, but read Stormy Daniels' book. He's got a misshapen penis. Donald Trump does. And he stinks. He smells. He smells of McDonald's. I'm not kissing Donald Trump. His arteries are clogged. His office chair seat smells like a Romanian slaughterhouse because he eats at McDonald's. I wouldn't sit in a chair that Donald Trump sat in. He leaks, but he's authentic. Donald Trump is one of the guys. By the way, take a look at Kimberly Gargoyle. Uh, I am trying to be cruel here. Uh, Kimberly Gargoyle is one pound of mascara short of turning into a gay icon. Right? But when my kids were younger, we used to go to West Hollywood for Halloween. I'm telling you, Kimberly Gargoyle is just one shipping container of eyeshadow away from turning into a West Hollywood Halloween costume. And yes, I am trying to be cruel and mean. 
she sounds, when she was describing Donald Trump about feeding him at McDonald's, doesn't she sound like the divorced mother of an emotionally disturbed three-year-old about to finally go out on a date and she's giving instructions to the babysitter? Seriously, this is what a divorced mother of a really screwed up three-year-old sounds like as she's giving instructions to the, <laughs> to the babysitter. He loves McDonald's. He loves Pizza Hut. So at McDonald's, his go-tos, he'll okay. get a bunch of things. And then we mm -hmm. like, he likes everyone to try them. Got it. He likes the fish sandwich, the chicken sure. sandwich. He likes the Big Mac. Mm -hmm. uh, so okay. what can I tell you? He, he loves it all. The quarter pounder. So we have okay. all that array. And then, of course, the fries. Right. Okay, of course, the fries. Okay, let him eat whatever he wants. And whatever you do, do not say no to this three-year-old for your own safety. Okay? Just say yes. It's not worth it. I'll be back in three hours. I just have this date. Whatever you do, don't fight him. You have my cell in case he throws a temper tantrum and sticks an ice pick into your neck. This is Republican Congresswoman Elise Stefanik. Besides being an opportunistic infection, she's also the number three leader in the House. Did I mention she's a Republican? And it is her job to lie about government, to lie about the IRS, so her corporate benefactors don't have to pay taxes. And she knows some of her corporate benefactors are really stupid, and they can be lied to. Here is opportunistic infection, Elise Stefanik lying to her corporate donors, lying about what she and the Republicans just accomplish, but really didn't. Watch opportunistic infection Elise Stefanik lie about protecting rich people from the tax man. We promised on day one to repeal Joe Biden's army of 87,000 new IRS mm. agents. And yesterday we did just that. Oh, you, you just repealed the 87,000 weaponized IRS agents. You're a liar. You didn't. But some of your idiot rich donors will think you did do that. All you did was you passed a bill. But you didn't get rid of Joe Biden's so-called army of IRS agents. So basically, that's two lies. The first lie is there's no army of IRS agents. That's the first lie. And the second lie is you didn't get rid of the new IRS agents. You're, you're a liar. And that's why you're a Republican and uh, you can't stop lying. And that's why you're part of the House leadership. Congresswoman Anna Paulina Luna is a first term MAGA Republican from Florida. Oh, God help us. Here she is admitting that opportunistic infection Elise Stefanik is lying. Here she is admitting Republicans didn't eliminate those IRS agents. She explains that there's a Senate and a president who would veto such a move. Take a listen. And for example, these uh, these salaries for these additional weaponized 87,000 IRS agents, which you saw we tried to pass, yet the Senate and even the Biden White House is pushing back on, sir, I say taxation is theft and I don't want any more IRS agents than you probably do. Okay, thank you for clearing that up. Did you catch what she said? A weaponized IRS, weaponized IRS agents, because the IRS has been weaponized. 
we must do something about these weaponized IRS agents because they're weaponized, right? Every day I read about some weaponized IRS agents storming a classroom and auditing all these innocent students to death. Another school audit today, seven children, three teachers were killed when a weaponized IRS agent demanded students and teachers produce receipts going all the way back to 2017. The truth is, Congresswoman Anna Polina Luna, like opportunistic infection Elise Stefanik, is paid to lie. Okay, she's paid to lie, according to Catherine Rample over at the Washington Post. She wrote this on February 16th. The IRS, the IRS does need more money, but only to uh, audit wealthy tax cheats. And the new money has been earmarked uh, not to hire 87,000 new agents. The, the IRS uh, needs more agents, but the Republicans have seized upon the number 87,000. That's just something the Treasury Department estimated they would need to collect all the trillions of dollars in taxes that go unpaid. The IRS, the IRS estimated we would need about 87,000 new agents to collect all the money these tax scofflaws don't pay us. This new money uh, that comes through the Inflation Reduction Act, it's going to be spent to replace agents who are about to re retire and more importantly, upgrade the IRS infrastructure. And they will conduct audits, but only for people making more than $400,000 a year. And that pisses Republicans off. So they lie they lie and they lie and they lie and they say 87,000 new weaponized agents. It's just a lie. That is their job to lie, to say things like taxation is theft. Taxation is theft. Yes, but only when it's used to pay your salary. This is the other lie that Republicans, libertarians, there's no difference. This is the lie that they repeat over and over again, that taxation is theft. And this is, again, from Catherine Rample. She's writing in the Washington Post. She says the top corporations in America no longer get audited. Poor people get audited here in America because poor people can't afford an accountant or a lawyer. So they audit poor people. They audit them on the earned income tax credit. But the rich, the millionaires, the billionaires, they're no longer getting audited. She writes that in 2012, 93% of companies with $20 billion worth of assets or more they underwent some kind of audit each year. As of 2020, only 38% of those same corporations are subject to an audit, and the same applies to millionaires and billionaires. They don't get audited. They're not getting audited because the IRS can't afford to take on the wealthy and the powerful, and that's exactly the way Republicans want it. Remember when Donald Trump lied 
well, when didn't he lie? But one of his 40,000 lies in the past five years is that he couldn't make his tax returns public because he was being audited. He wasn't being audited. He was never audited. The IRS didn't have enough people to sort through something like 500 of his shell companies. The IRS, up until last year, up until the Inflation Reduction Act, was not being funded enough to keep up with inflation. So the IRS was not really collecting from the wealthy. It's why Jeff Bezos, you know, doesn't pay taxes. It's exactly what the rich and powerful want. They do not want the IRS to collect money from the wealthy, and they will lie. They will just make shit up. So they wouldn't you make shit up if you could save billions of dollars each year? And they get away with it so long as there are fatuous liars willing to parrot nonsensical talking points like this. Taxation is theft. Taxation is theft. Yes, you will keep keeping your money. You can keep your money as long as you have people like Congresswoman Luna spreading these lies. And as we saw in the midterms, 70 million Americans are stupid enough to believe all this. None of this can happen. The wealthy don't get to keep their money without liars like Congresswoman Luna. And it's evil. It is pure, undiluted evil because these lies keep our schools underfunded, our homeless unhoused. We can't afford single payer or free tuition at public universities because these liars allow the rich to cheat us of what they owe the government. The liars are in the GOP, and they make it all possible. They make all this immiseration possible by making it easy for the rich not to pay their taxes. Here is Congresswoman Anna Paulina Luna. She's this is her first term. Here she is back in December speaking at Turning Points USA. This is Charlie Kirk's right wing fascist neo-Nazi organization. Here she is uh, speaking, lying at Turning Points USA last December, right after getting elected. And keep this in mind, Anna used to be Congresswoman Anna Polina Luna used to be head of Hispanic Outreach for turning points, here she is lying in December. Honestly, had I not gotten involved with turning point, I probably wouldn't be standing here today. I could have made the easier decision, which would have been to go to medical school and just hope that someone else would have dealt with it. Medical school, the easier decision going to medical school. Honestly, that's what she said. She said she could take the easy route and go to medical school. But instead, she's uh, running as a MAGA Republican from Florida. That's the harder, harder road to take. Honestly, I would have gone to medical school if I didn't instead come to work for Turning Points and then run for office. Honestly, I would have gone to medical school if my junior year in high school uh, 
instead of huffing cleaning solvents with my cousin, uh, instead I had taken organic chemistry. I would have gone to medical school, honestly. Uh, I would have gone to medical school if Catherine Heigl and Patrick Dempsey didn't quit Grey's Anatomy. I lost interest in med medicine after they left. Honestly, I'm a liar. In an interview, the newly elected congresswoman, this is an interview she gave five years ago to a Canadian magazine, and she said, I'm able to take on different personalities depending on what image I'm going for. I think getting into the character of what you are selling is super important. We have a method prevaricator. This is, this is unique. This is, this is fantastic. She's a liar. She is a liar. And these lies get people homeless. They don't get educations. They, they die. They don't get health care. These are lies she is willing to tell for the, for the rich. Shall we? Let's talk about her lies. And they are, they're pretty good. They're, let's uh, go over these. She claims to be Jewish. She's not. Uh, well, how not Jewish is she? Her father was a Nazi during <laughs> World War II. Uh, I, you know, I'm not like a historian, but I think being a Nazi during World War II, I'm pretty sure that's the opposite of being Jewish. But at least she comes by her contempt for Antifa, honestly. In 2015, she was white. But then in 2018, she was offered a job to head Hispanic outreach for Turning Point. So she said she was no longer white and changed the pronunciation of her name and became Hispanic. Yeah. Honestly? Yeah, honestly, Mrs. George Santos. Honestly. Let's continue. In order to get elected uh, to Congress, she lied and told some story about a 2019 home invasion that never existed. She lied about being <laughs> raised by a single mother with absolutely no support system. And besides claiming to be Jewish, white, and Hispanic, she's also claimed to be Middle Eastern. So at least her lies have a healthy dose of multiculturalism. She's very inclusive. Sometimes she's white. Sometimes she's Hispanic. Sometimes she's Jewish. Sometimes if she feels like it, she's Middle Eastern. She's a veritable rainbow coalition of subterfuge, which is why she has no problem saying taxation is theft. Taxation is theft. She has no problem lying because she is willing to lie for the rich. When you lie for the rich, you are rewarded first by getting elected to Congress as a Republican, then with either a job on Fox News or K Street. Republicans are now lying to try to make Donald Trump's 2017 tax cuts for the wealthy. They're trying to make them permanent. And the only way they can do that is by lying. As the Washington Post points out, the 2017 tax cuts for the wealthy were just a sugar high, a temporary sugar high for the economy. The tax cuts, like all 
tax cuts for the wealthy did not stimulate the economy. And they most certainly didn't pay for themselves by bringing in more tax revenue. Supply-side economics, the trickle-down theory, is a lie. And people will keep the club for growth. People will keep telling this lie because they get paid to tell the lie. This is nothing but a lie. And it gets repeated by Republicans, the lie that tax cuts create so much economic activity, the budget gets balanced from all the taxes paid and all that economic activity. It never happened. It never happened. Reagan had to raise taxes after he lowered them. Supply-side economics, they do not work. Look at Kansas, this laboratory of supply-side economics. Governor Brownback cut taxes so hard, even Republicans in Kansas said, what's, this is ridiculous. We, we have to, they vote, and they, they voted to raise taxes because you go broke when you give tax cuts to the wealthy. But Republicans have one purpose, and that is to repeat this. Taxation is theft. Taxation is theft. And they claim that the IRS has been weaponized, but it hasn't been weaponized. Unless, unless your former FBI director, James Comey, or the guy who replaced James Comey, former acting FBI director Andy McCabe. Both men tried, tried to investigate Donald Trump and his collusion with Russia. And then the IRS gets weaponized. Both men were fired by Donald Trump in 2017 and then subjected to the most intrusive type of audit the IRS can possibly conduct. Now, there is an audit that only 4,000 Americans get each year. It's described as an autopsy while the corpse is still alive. Costs you a lot of money, and nobody can really explain who gets this audit and why, for some odd reason, what are the chances? But this happened to former FBI directors who the year before they received this special audit, they were looking into Donald Trump's relationship with Vladimir Putin. He fired them. And then what are the odds? Andy McCabe and James Comey both found themselves undergoing the worst audit any American citizen can get. All of this going on while Donald Trump was not being audited in direct violation of IRS policy. It is the IRS's policy to audit all sitting presidents. Why? To make sure they're not cashing in. They're not violating the emoluments clause. To make sure they're not making money off being leader of the free world. For some reason, when Donald Trump was president, the IRS miraculously forgot to do their job and audit Donald Trump during his first two years 
as president. But somehow, out of 350 million Americans, the audit, the big audit, the capo de coupe, pop, what do they call it? The capo de the big audit reserved for just 4,000 of the 350 million Americans who pay their taxes. The audit of all audits ended up getting conducted in the same year on two former FBI directors who Donald Trump had just fired personally because they wouldn't stop looking into his collusion with Russia. What are the odds? What are the odds? So when Republicans talk about a weaponized IRS, they're telling the truth. Because when Republicans like Donald Trump or Richard Nixon, we all know about how he weaponized the IRS. When Donald Trump or Richard Nixon are president, uh, the IRS gets weaponized. So they are telling the truth. And yeah, taxation is theft. It is theft. It's theft because the richest people in America, instead of paying taxes, are given bailouts. They're given government contracts and Paycheck Protection Act money that they don't deserve. Yeah, taxation is theft when the money you and I pay to the IRS somehow always seems to make its way into the grasping hands of people like Donald Trump. If you enjoyed today's segment of The David Feldman Show, please hit the like button. And I don't get any corporate funding. I, you know, this is, I do this. Uh, the only reason you're actually listening to this show right now is because one of your friends copy and pasted the link to this episode and shared it. So if there was anything you think was important, please copy and paste the link to this episode and share it with your friends on social media or through email. That's the best way to help me. If you, if you want to support me, just share this with your friends and hit the like button and subscribe to this podcast. I think that's it. And leave a comment in the comment section down below. If you listen to this show, you'll know that I read every single comment. I don't respond to every single comment, but I read every single comment and then I incorporate some of that information as long as it checks out, as long as there are citations and hyperlinks. Uh, I will use it uh, in an upcoming episode. So thank you to the people who have been forwarding me news stories and comments and uh, the my thing that I did on Ukraine and Roger Waters was uh, not easy. And a lot of you sent me some valuable uh, Paul LeBeau. Thank you. A lot of in interesting information. So thank you for that. I don't want to argue with anybody. I'm just trying. Uh, I want to get fact checked. If you think I'm getting if I get my facts wrong, please correct me. Uh, I need to know that and I will correct myself. Sometimes I get a year wrong. Like I'll say 
2008 instead of 2018. I get worked up. I have a habit of doing that. Uh, I don't correct that. Maybe I should. Is that everything? We do office hours every Friday night at 8 p.m. If you want to talk with me, I make myself available to all the listeners from 8 till 9.30 every Friday night at office hours. We start office hours at 6 p.m. Eastern, but I, the community runs it, but I take 90 minutes from 8 till 9.30. So anybody wants to talk to me, if you have a, a story you want to tell me, something I should read, a complaint, a suggestion, God forbid, a compliment, a thank you. <laughs> um, as, as Prince Charles would say, I'm all ears. And if you would like the invitation, to, uh, as Prince Charles would say, I'm all ears. I don't know if you can hear that. Okay. Uh, I don't know if that is coming through. It, uh, I don't know if you can hear that. Can you hear this? Hang on. If you would. Uh... I can't do that. So if you want uh, to get the link for office hours, go to my website and hit office hours and it gives you the, the Zoom link. If you don't have Zoom, there's also a dial-in number. And please subscribe to my newsletter. It comes out every Friday at around six o'clock. And contained within my newsletter is a link for office hours. We're growing the community. I want to meet everybody who wants to be met. And I read your comments. Let's keep the conversation going, please. Stay warm. Stay angry. This weather is the fault of ExxonMobil. It was the fault of the oil companies. Hmm. I don't know. That's a real... The police are coming. Good. Uh, I'm David Feldman reminding you to stay strong and protect the weak. Time now for the Hershenfelds. Dr. Philip Hershenfeld is a real psychiatrist. He is a Freudian psychiatrist, and I am honored, as always, to have him on, as well as Ethan Hershenfeld, who is not a real psychiatrist, but he is the author of Today Is Now, and it has the Feldman guarantee go by. Today Is Now, it's written by Dr. Samuel Benjamin, his alter ego, and we'll plug I, it. I cannot stress enough how important it is to buy the hard copy <laughs> because uh, just from an aerobic point of view each mm -hmm. time you pick it up you're getting about double the workout so i really recommend the hard copy uh, my fitbit told me that i burned 20 calories a minute yeah. reading your book because yeah, the, the pages the, are extra heavy that's right. The physical the physical benefits will more than make up for the lack of any psychological benefits. Because <laughs> this guy really doesn't know what he's talking about, but he means well, like a lot of professionals in many fields. And as long as you mean well, no, no harm done. Speaking of which. Yes, sir. Can I plug Rachel Maddow? Yes. And her new eight part series called Ultra. 
My it, sister can't stop raving about it. It is about what happened in 1940 and what could happen today when Nazi sympathizers in our government came very close to undermining our entire system. And it is so reminiscent of some of the things going on today. Please, everybody watch it and then tell your 30 best friends and relatives to watch it. So here's what happened to me, because it's interesting that you bring that up. There were other things I wanted to talk about. I haven't watched Ultra or listened to Ultra, but I did watch the Rage Against the War Machine rally Sunday outside the Capitol. These were people, libertarians, against funding the war in Ukraine. And it reminded me of the America Firsters. Yes. That their definition of peace is not my definition of peace. Their definition of peace is Putin wins. They have nothing bad to say about Putin and plenty bad to say about Zelensky, Ukraine, Biden, and American foreign policy. And it reminded me of the America Firsters who I read about, the Charles Lindberghs and the Father Coglins, who had nothing but bad things to say about Roosevelt and the Jews, but nothing bad to say about Adolf Hitler, where you know they claimed to be for peace. Uh, but they had no problem with Hitler seizing the Sudetenland, Czechoslovakia, Poland, and bombing London. They they weren't for peace. They were for Hitler. Yes, they were. Is that what Rachel talks about? In well, Absolutely. But in okay. detail, in detail, all the congressmen who were in on this, this plot, and if you'd like to read a fictionalized version of it, read Philip Roth's The Plot Against America. Or the TV program. Okay, so some listeners are going to say, Zelensky's Jewish, we're Jewish, here we go again, more Jews trying to start a war. That's what they're going to say. So what? People say all sorts of things. the, The battle lines sure have been drawn, and they're ancient. They, you know, dating back to the New Deal and Roosevelt. History is so... So similar. Uh, you, you see people, I see people like Jackson Hinkle and Jimmy Dore, who spoke at that rally. And I think, well, I don't want to say, I, you know, let me just put it this way. Gay people have gay dar. I have Judar. And uh, you, there, there's a pattern of thinking that this falls into. The people who tend to like Putin are white authoritarians. They don't like the LGBTQ community, and they also don't like certain other segments of the population. There's a reason they identify with Putin and see a lot wrong with Ukraine. Uh, Do you you recognize the name Hamilton Fish? Hamilton Fish, I believe, was was he from New York? Yes, Senator. He was a congressman in New York. There were three generations of Hamilton Fish, and they were all sorts of important people in the United States government. And the one who was around in the 1940s in the the Rachel Maddow program 
was a uh, staunch supporter of these people trying to persuade us to be nice to Hitler. Which we were. Harriman Brothers, the Bushes, Joseph Kennedy. Yeah. There, were, there were Democrats who sympathized with Hitler because fascism is not so bad if you don't look too deeply into it. Uh, the same way communism isn't so bad when you don't look too closely into it. And a lot of my listeners are going to say, well, America isn't so bad if you don't look so closely into it. They're, they're, the problem we're up against, it's almost like the end of history where you cannot be loyal to any tribe because we've all committed genocide and crimes. Mm -hmm. So you, you look at America and you say, who are we to judge Hitler? We invented eugenics. Look what we did to the Native Americans. Look what we did to the blacks. Get off your high horse. Who are you to, to judge Hitler? Who is right, but we, we We can all as individuals evaluate history and evaluate pres the present with our own intelligence and our own understanding. So we all have standing as human beings to, to make judgments, to make decisions. So yeah, someone could impugn you're standing based on what group you belong to, but group schmoop, as they say. Group schmoop, which group was the original name for Gwyneth Paltrow's yes. website. By the way, anyone interested in Hamilton Fish, there's a there's a swimming pool on the Lower East Side, the Ham Fish Pool, named for Hamilton Fish. It's open in the warmer months. I recommend it. 50 years. And he was a Nazi sympathizer. Right, right. right. He has a great pool. But he has a great pool. Three of them. There was the grandfather, the father, and the son. So we don't know who the pool was named after. Well, there's three lanes in the pool. They each get one. So, yeah. Are there any fish in the pool? There's no ham and there's no fish, but it's called the ham fish pool. And I, it's, it's a great pool. I, it's uh, just under the Williamsburg Bridge on the Lower East Side. Yeah. So uh, being a Nazi sympathizer, um, it's the gene pool is yeah, the gene what pool. they call yeah. it. And you're, I would assume they don't allow us. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, there is this end of history that I'm saying, and it's gets down to who's got skin in the game. Everybody is spinning history based on their, uh, their, their skin, their experience. And I propose that the United Nations should be the final arbiter in all this. That Here's my gripe with the United Nations. You're driving up uh, the FDR Drive. I hear you. Coming up First Avenue. And that entire side, the whole south side and the whole north side, no windows. No windows. It's just stone. It's very disturbing. They built this giant skyscraper. And then, uh, th so there's- Get rid of walls. They're saying walls are bad and let's right. we have two big walls. Yeah, it's very bizarre. You have nice views to the east and west, but north and south, it's just these big white walls. Very disturbing. I, I agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you. And I don't like the tunnel that you have to go underneath yeah. Yeah. on the approach. Yeah, there's I agree. Something, something satanic about that. You said last time it, that it was built- and old slaughterhouses. That's right. That's where they. That's where all the beef came from. Yeah. Where's the beef? That's where it is. <laughs> under a lot the of beef. Yeah. They're settling a lot of beefs there. A, How do you, a, a guy I knew know who's who works in the UN. He says the only thing that people working for the UN do is 
He's shaking his head already. Yeah, because I've heard you repeat this. It's just, it's, it's. Okay, I won't repeat it. No, 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 say it, say it, but it's his opinion. Is that they just wait around for their pensions. But that's what everybody does. Oh, okay. They're human beings. Everybody's just waiting to, to. This is one. This is one guy's comment in an organization that has fifty thousand people working for it is doing very important work all over the world. I, I don't think it's healthy to go repeating this Nudnik's uh, little kvetch about his employer. By the way, his last name is Nudnik, Jeremy <laughs> Nudnik. The yeah. first part of the name is great, Jeremy. Yeah. That's like my daughter could bring home a Jeremy, but a Nudnik. Senator want- Senator Nudnik, <laughs> you're out of order. Please. Please strike my comments from the record. (laughs) Chairman? Senator Lindick. Okay. I wanted to... uh, But before we... Can you put a pin in it? Because this is really important to me. Because the past week, I have been struggling with the anniversary of Ukraine. It is very difficult because I know that America has lost its moral authority when it comes to war. It never really had any moral authority. I know that Biden's intentions and Anthony Blinken's intentions are not good, that it's West exec there. They have a, they're warmongers. I know that. How do you know? How do you know that? Because they come from a lobbying firm, West exec, that sold access to the Oval Office to defense contractors. and. Defense contractors think war is a constant in nature, and why not make a little money constantly off it? So, but even if that's going on, it's possible that sometimes you know it's like the uh, the stop clock that's correct twice a day. Right. Sometimes they land on a, on a war where they're doing the right thing and they're doing something. Uh, it's hard to say good for the world, but it's good. It's better to stop this guy than to let him do his thing. It's I want for. I wanted to ask Dr. Hershenfeld uh, two serious questions. Conflict resolution, I believe, is got Ethan through his first year at Harvard. I mean, isn't that what you do for partially do for a living? No, he doesn't do conflict resolution. What they do is they do conflict investigation. Just look at the conflict. They're not in the business of resolving. They're, he's right? a, he's an observer, like a peace, like a UN observer, like a blue helmet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you could say that, but the conflict that I that I concentrate on is internal conflict, which we all have. Okay. Okay. So, so I, I wanted to ask you about conflict resolution, yes. and then authority figures that one of the problems I'm having with Ukraine is I talked about this on Monday's show. My father was not a scholar. He worked for a living and he would read when he came home when my mother wasn't nagging him. And I'm kidding. She didn't nag him. She just yelled. She didn't know. She didn't. She didn't. I'm just playing into stereotypes. But he said to me, he didn't know Vietnam, the Vietnam War was wrong until Martin Luther King spoke out against it, that you have to rely. He said to me that you have to rely on people who are more informed than you are, who study these situations, and that we have to have leaders that we 
like Ralph Nader, great men who we who we can trust. We seem to have lost those great men and we seem to tear any potential or women. I'm sorry. uh, we, We seem to tear them down, including me. We have such a big problem with authority figures that we don't allow anyone to help us think clearly on these topics. Again, I, I think, uh, well, first of all, Vietnam is largely to blame for that. The aftermath of the last 50, 55 years, that, that's the reason why our country has lost its, its faith in, in so-called experts, the best and right. the brightest who got us into that right. um, disaster and kept us there. But again, I go back to what I said earlier. As individuals, we can all trust the people we want to trust, the journalists that we want to trust, the voices that may, they might be politicians, they might be academics, they might be journalists. Some people have... But then you end up with ivermectin. Then you end up with horse warmer. But no, if you're a if you're a nudnik, you end up with those things. You can think clearly. You can look through the nonsense. We all have that capability. We all have our intelligence, and we don't. We're not. uh, I don't believe that we're living yet in a in a in a world where there's control by evil forces of all the information that's coming our way. I mean, there are attempts to mold what we see by various forces but you know we can still discern i think we can still discern the truth so if you're an american dr hershenfeld yeah uh, and the professors in marianne last week somebody told me that fewer than half of americans have a college education so if you're looking at 350 million people who uh, don't live in new york city aren't the dreaded cosmopolitans, and we all know what that means. Is that what you mean? <laughs> I was just, I, I was just talking about the people who start all wars. I didn't think you had to go there. Okay. I think you had. I mean, I didn't think you were going to be rude about it. Uh, uh, I was just talking about George Soros. You have half, more than half this country voting for. Trump, nearly, right? Not more than half, less than half. That's why he lost. Well, and also we're talking about the electorate. And of course, that's a tiny source of... What was it, 70 million people? Yeah. Yeah. uh, First of all, I would say, is a college education a a, a, um, protection against bad thinking? I'm not sure it is. The other thing I would say is... Maybe it's always been this way. And if you listen to the Rachel Maddow program, Hawking, Hawking, I guess is the right word. It looked very much in 1940 like it looks in 2023. Can I just point something out, Dad, in case you don't know this? She's not available. I feel like you have a crush on this woman. She's she's gay. She's too young for you. She's you taken. You're taken. It's not going to happen. She is cute. I, despite all that, she is cute. He's taken by her. By the way, I wasn't saying that somebody with a college education is smart. I was saying resentment towards the rigors of academic training. That That, that I could see how people who didn't go to college and who feel... People who did go to college lorded over them that they resent it and will then choose ivermectin. The Joe Rogan people. 
Yeah. The dropouts. Part of the program about the problem, but it's not the whole problem. You know, a lot of these people are, in fact, abused by the structure of our economy and our, um, you know, the, 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 the industrial, pharmaceutical, medical complex. What are you tuning in from the Politburo here? You sound like a real communist suddenly. My God, what's happening to you? Get this guy a beret. Jay <laughs> Hershenfeld over here. Get him, put him on a picture? motorcycle. Yeah. Isn't there a picture of your dad with a beret? There is. I have it. Yeah. Um, I want to right? by the way, when you're talking about uh, voters and you're worried about how many Americans voted for Trump, I want to point something out that should actually afford people a feeling of hope for our country. If you look at the numbers and you look at the voter rolls and you see who actually voted for that guy, not a single child voted for him. And the children are our future. So right. think about that. Not a single child voted for that child. That's right. There's, so children are self-hating, you're saying. They, they're, we have self-hating children who wouldn't vote for their own kind. All right, let's move on. This was a this was a very valuable conversation because I think we're talking about the the elephant. There's an elephant in the room that nobody is willing to discuss. And somebody sent me some videos today that were straight out of, from Crystal Knocked. That was my elephant in the room impersonation. Oh, I see. <laughs> I, I saw some video of uh, that somebody sent me that was absolutely terrifying. It was. Crystal knocked. It was. Did you say crystal meth? Uh, they, I think they were selling the people who were behaving that way. And I and I and I thought what you said, doc, just said, Dr. Hershenfeld, I thought maybe this stuff has been going on all the time, but nobody had cell phones. Yeah. Yeah. Human nature doesn't change. OK, I have. So let, let's this is fantastic. There is a very cute dog. Just like could be in the movies. He's in the movies right now. Look at that. That is perfection. That is absolute. It's going to go to his head. It's going to go to his head. Perfection. So right. a, a real Meshuggah this morning when I was walking him at 630 threatened him with violence because he was playing with the guy's puppy. It's a terrible moment. So somebody threatened your you yeah. the dog. No, the dog. It was it was it was kooky town. And then. If I had any doubts about this guy's mental health, he then, as I, as he was walking away, he started raving about um, the Maccabees and the Jews. I kid you not. He suddenly like it flipped from just run of the mill insanity to like brown shirt. The Maccabees rose up against the Greeks. If you believe that. I mean, uh, supposedly. Yeah. Supposedly. Right. They were militant. Anyhow. Anyhow. And they could make candles last for they, they could make oil last. Is that yeah. I was okay? So the need to hate. I got I get up in the morning and I hate. I'm I hate. I hate Trump. I hate Jim Jordan. I was watching the great Jamie Raskin going up against this uh, Georgia congressman who's handing out those AR-15 flag lapels, and he owns a gun shop. I uh, I hate these people and I like hating them. Do you hate your post toasties? I love my pre toasties. Oh, okay. The post toasties. That's I don't. I just flush. I don't look after. That's vintage. That's vintage cereal, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Post toast. Um, 
So I want to hate. And I, I was looking at the videos today, you know, the, these crystal knock videos that I mean, they were unbelievable. And I thought we all have to hate somebody. Well, you can make it. You can make it. Uh, it's like arranging the 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 art and the doodads in your house. You decide where on the wall you want to put certain things. You can you can give that feeling a nice central location in the dining room or right when you walk in, it can be the first thing you say. Or you could put it on the bathroom wall next to the towels where only, you know, once in a while you get a peek at it. And I think it's a choice. So uh, you can uh, you can, as they say, choose love or at least choose like choose like (laughs) you don't have to overdo it. What last I was curious. Many people are. There's a whole spectrum of people who have a little bit of hate in them to people who are pure hate, like this nutcase who who threatened that beautiful dog this morning. And um, it's it's, we, we all have to contend with. And in psychoanalytic theory, which has some validity, it doesn't explain everything. But our senator who is suffering from severe depression, he may also be suffering from an inability that you have to direct the hatred outward. Right. Okay, we, we reviewed this a few weeks ago. Let me, let me explain to our listeners. So depression, they say, is aggression <laughs> turned inwards. Aggression, therefore, is depression turned outwards. <laughs> and if... And this gets very confusing if you're on a flight. If you're at altitude above 30,000 feet, known as cruising altitude, then any of these things can be very dangerous because then you can you can lose lift and you can end up in a real it's a real disaster. So what we recommend is take a boat, take a bus. If you're suffering from any of these feelings, do not get on an airplane. Scientifically speaking, physiologically, yes, what lasts longer? The thrill of hatred or the thrill of love? I'm going to posit, not knowing anything, that hatred is a more intense, the the, the desire to rage against the world and somebody lasts longer than that post-coital buzz that one gets. Both both experiences leave you wanting a snack. That's the that's the place where both experiences <laughs> they leave you peckish. Um, yes, and not wanting to cuddle afterwards. It's like I'm. Let me just give me a second to think. Uh, I they say, they say that the key to dealing with aggression is to be able to get a little bit of distance. And to not identify completely with the feeling, thereby allowing yourself an interval. It can be infinitesimal, but it can be an interval between having the feeling and acting on it. And the ability to then expand that interval long enough to do anything but engage, that can be the key to avoiding really bad situations and really bad decisions. They say that meditation gives you that that that's what you're developing through a meditation practice. And I really can't stress this enough to your listeners. Apparently, 
it works. I am completely unable to do it. <laughs> I find it impossible, but I, I do believe that that there's something to it. You meditate in order to give yourself that little bit of time to, right. to not do the thing that you shouldn't do. So right. I just want to recommend okay. that. Do as I say, not as I do. Okay. That's why they say, take a deep breath. It really works. Unless you're underwater. <laughs> that can be very dangerous. Don't do that. Yeah, without violating uh, anybody's privacy. Well, I'm not going to ask for what goes on. Uh, what, what, what's the term when you're in a session, Ethan? If the, uh, when billing. A, a, billing. A, billing, a billing session. No, no. What is uh, transference? Well, that I uh, was, well, so I used to go to breakfast with my father and his friends. Good. And not one of them ever regaled me in stories of women that they made love to. They never told stories. She was gorgeous. I loved her. And boy, did we kiss and hold hands in the moonlight. But they told stories of brawls. Is that what you're going to say? Yes. Right. And I and like there was one friend who told the same story every six months about how he almost dangled somebody out a window. Almost. And I could watch him. I love the guy. I could watch him. Um, he loved telling the story. He loved re reenacting it and he'd get worked up. And I came this close to grabbing him by the ankles, but the secretary walked in at the but well, no, I can see where you're going with this. And okay, I will tell you. I remember it like it was yesterday. It was prom night. There I was in a horse-drawn carriage in Central Park. I reached over to my date and I said, darling, no, no, this I you're <laughs> right. It doesn't, it's not it's hard to yeah, it's hard to tell that story. But uh because sexuality is so for most people. I, I have to keep emphasizing that expensive. all things are different in, in different individuals. But for most people, sexuality is so wrapped up in guilt and in shame and in embarrassment that your father's friends, you know, could not talk about it openly. But beating up some or coming very close to beating somebody beating up. You're strong, you're heroic, there's nothing to be ashamed of, unfortunately. Actually, there should be something to be ashamed of. Is that so that's cultural and not I'm not sure it's cultural. I think it must be well, maybe partially it's cultural, but it's it's internal also. What what was it like in the summer of love? When was that? 68? 67. 60, weren't people wasn't weren't people just telling stories of of romance and and love and wasn't it no, all Charles that? Manson was screening people for the Tate LaBianca murders. First of all, I was very busy in medical school, so I missed the whole summer of love to my regret. Uh, and but but people would tell stories. Whether I believed them or not, that's a whole nother. Uh, what were the stories like? They were just hooking up in Central Park and what was going on? Yes, those were the stories. Wow. All right. And it didn't last. Nothing lasts. But if love is so great, 
Why didn't it catch on? Love is great, and it's hard. If you're lucky. <laughs> you're lucky, right. By this the way, you say nothing lasts, but I want to just take a moment here to invite our listeners to visit newyorksaves.org, nysaves.org, because one thing that lasts is a 529 non-taxable college education fund for your children. You can put in, even if I, if you have a baby, if you have a toddler, just put a little money in there because college education, education lasts, lasts a lifetime and so does college debt. <laughs> Get your 529. I'm not, listen, I'm not a parent. I'm not an accountant. I'm not a financial advisor, but I know this. Check out a 529 plan. It's very easy to sign up for it. And, uh, you know, I get nothing out of this other than knowing I might have helped a kid get an education. And my son would say his retirement plan is Bernie Sanders. Wow. He said, if we elect Bernie, we yeah. don't have to save for college. Right. We're not going to elect him. I know. I yeah. Know. Uh, the statistic. Uh, in, I actually thought this out. So I hate the right. And then I read, what was the Gallup poll? They said that the LGBTQ uh, percentage of the population has held steady after a gradual increase. For the last two years, it has held steady at 7.3%. Um, and that, which is very interesting because this is something that um, the great economist Milton Friedman worked on. The great? Uh, ben Bernanke, the great economist. The, the great? The great Paul Krugman, all of these guys have worked on this. They've all shown that when the rate of inflation surpasses the rate of increase in the LGBTQ sector of the population, that's something that's called um, that's called stagflation, <laughs> which is where you have to. It means that you have to pay whenever you go out on a date, you have to pay for the other person. <laughs> So keep, keep an eye on those numbers. They're, they're very important. Okay. It's the yield curve, I believe. Yes. You want to get ahead of that. By the okay. way, in, in that group, in the statistics, they broke it down. There were pansexuals. Those are people who love cooking. <laughs> there were asexuals. Those are the people who were obsessed with good grades in school. <laughs> um, well, there Poly were a few others. I can't Poly polysexuals? Uh, yes, polysexuals. They love mozzarella, cheap supermarket mozzarella. I, I thought you were going to go with parrots. Parrots. That's what I was. Yeah, I was going. I was waiting to. So I'll take that. Fantastic. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So great. Let's plug. OK. Oh, big events coming up for the doctor. Tell him where you'll be psychoanalyzing. <laughs> hey, where, where can we see you? <laughs> He'll be doing 50. He always does 50 minutes. We'll be doing 50 minutes <laughs> in Madison Square Garden, believe it or not. Do, do your patients walk out and say to the other one going in, follow that motherfucker? <laughs> Literally, motherfucker. That's what, that's what comics say to each other. That's, is that's the Oedipus the complex for you. Huh? It's called the Oedipus complex. I know, I know. But co comedians, if you're killing and you're bringing, you say, follow that motherfucker. Uh, um, Ethan, plug a gig. Well, oh, UGG, UGG comedy, March 12th, UGG comedy. 
uh, contact me for details. Uh, go to todayisnow.org. Todayisnow.org. Get Not todayisnow.ug. Todayisnow.org. UG Comedy, March 12th in New York City. March 25th, I'm going to be doing a benefit comedy show in D.C. for animals, animal rights. By the way, on the subject of animal rights, I don't know if you heard about this, but there were some neo-Nazis protesting outside of the Broadway theater where they're doing that show about Leo Frank, about that lynching of a Jewish guy. And in a related story, there was actually some lions and tigers protesting outside of the Lion King. Oh, my Yes. They said oh Leo my. Frank, they said Leo Frank was a pedophile. That was yeah. Yeah. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Yeah. And there were some ghosts, there were some spirits um protesting outside of Phantom. I don't have any punchlines here, so <laughs> I, okay. Thank you. Thank you, doctor. Thank you, doctors. Thank you, David. Thank Peace. You. Peace. 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 That was